Hello everybody, welcome to the Chenzor Dynasty here on twitch.tv slash jchenzor. I am James Chen. How's everybody going out there? We are here for some Chen reaction before I start. I know I did this last time. I got an awesome biking shirt from 86.com. Now I've got an awesome Mega Man 11 shirt from 86.com. You can see 86 down here if you want to actually grab anything from there. If you want to use my affiliate link, um, go to tinyurl.com slash 86jchenzor. And if you go there using that link, if you do happen to purchase anything, I will get a small part of the profits from that shirt. So uh, definitely give them a visit. A lot of cool stuff over there. But uh, let's continue going. And before I get started on the topic and after talking about this 86 stuff, I really do want to give a shout out and thank you to everybody, you know, who have been watching the Chenzor Dynasty, who've been following along. I know my Chen reaction videos have been getting longer here on YouTube. Let me know if that length is okay. Like I was intending to try to keep the Chen reaction stuff to a shorter length so it could be easier to be consumed. It just naturally gotten longer. So I'm going to try to keep this one short, but let me know down, you know, in the comments below if this, if the length of the Chen reaction has been getting too long. And, and if maybe I'm actually up uploading too much content on YouTube. Let me know if you guys are appreciating the pace at which I am releasing videos on YouTube at this point in time. Um, another thing I want to mention again, uh, thank you to everybody, all the subs that have been coming through. I've gotten so many gift subs. You can see that the new end goal by July is now 300. I've decided to go modest because 300 gets me new emotes. And so I have it at 300 now instead of 250. I've gotten to the 250 goal. I'm already at 256. So I really appreciate everybody's support here uh, on the Chenzor Dynasty. I really, really want to give a shout out and a thank you to everybody who has helped me out here. Uh, I'm getting a new chair, as I mentioned in the previous Q&A. I'll probably do an unboxing video or something like that once I get it so you guys can see the miraculous chair, even though this space is really small. I don't know how I'm gonna build it with a camera, put it together and all that stuff, but we'll see how that goes. Um, but if you guys have any ideas for emotes, leave it in the comments below what you would like to see for emotes from me. Uh, I've got a few things lined up that I probably will put out pretty soon, uh, at least one or two emotes, but if you have any ideas, let me know. But let's talk about the topic at hand right now here for the Chen Reaction, and that is uh, there was a tweet recently that was put out by uh, a good friend of mine, actually, uh, Mecca MacGyver. Um, you know, there's this idea out there that a lot of people will make the claim that they play better against smarter players than they do against bad players. Like, I actually do well against smarter players, but I can't fight bad players. And, you know, uh, on his tweet, he basically quoted, I do better against smarter players, and it says, equals, quote, I equate losing slower with doing better. In other words, uh, you know, it's an interpretation that those who say they do better against smarter players are kind of lying to themselves and fooling themselves. Really, they're not very good and they just, they're going to lose no matter what. Um, a lot of people uh, responded with this. You know, someone said that uh, Brian F. did a video on this and kind of agreed with that concept. Um, someone else said hard facts. You know, uh, other people, you know, uh, 
if you can't, you know, basically a lot of people agreeing with this, right? A lot of people agreeing with this. Doing better against smarter players equals my BS Unreal level zero shenanigans took a sane person off guard a few times, you know, etc., uh, etc. Et um, the one thing that I want to talk about this is because I actually disagree with this statement. I actually do believe there is a phase in most of people's lives when they're learning fighting games that they get to a point where they do better against smarter players than bad players. It's absolutely a thing in my opinion and I don't think it's a way to fool yourself. I don't think it's kind of a lie or anything like that. I, I legit think that this is a thing that happens to players. And, and the reason why is because when you start playing fighting games and you don't know what you're doing, you start playing them in a specific way and, and you start beating bad players. Shout outs to Voxlim for the sub. Suck my nuts, Voxim. Oh, it's Voxim. Suck my nuts, Voxim. Um, so you start playing and you start recognizing patterns like knobs uh, in the chat says and you start beating some of those guys then you start playing better players and now all of a sudden you have to start thinking logically and trying to decide what it is that you want to do to outsmart them. Well you'll usually get to a point where you start getting better at being able to outsmart these guys and actually can make the right reads on these players. A lot of times then when you go back and fight the bad players again or the low players I guess uh, I should say is that they start doing things illogically. So all the things that you learn to beat those guys don't work on the better players. So you learn a different set of strategy to fight the better players and then that set of strategy doesn't work against the lower players anymore. The real truth of the matter is, once you get to that point where you can fight stronger players, you'll lose, but you can fight them and you feel better against them than you do against the lower players, you need to remember how to beat the scrubs, is what Mike Ross and Gutex told uh, one player at one point in time. There was a player during Street Fighter 4 era, he was just like, I keep losing to the scrubs and I can't beat, but I can fight like better players and their response is you forgot how to fight against scrubs. Literally, you need to have multiple game plans. You need to have one game plan for the crazy players and one game plan for the better players. And this is absolutely a real thing. The strategy that works against stronger players doesn't work against bad players. That's just what it comes down to. They are two separate sets of strategies. So yes, there is absolutely a position that you can end up in where you do better against stronger players than you do against bad players. It's absolutely a realistic state. And in fact, it's one of the first hurdles that almost everybody runs into in fighting games. It's a very, very common hurdle and so many people to go, go through that and so many people run into that. So I understand that there's this kind of mentality out there that, oh, if you're losing, you're losing. It doesn't matter and you're not doing better against it, you know, but the thing about it is we also have to let people understand that this actually does exist so that when they do hit this wall, it doesn't feel like we're making fun of them or we're poo-pooing them. <laughs> God, that is the most G-rated version I can say. Uh, we're, not, we're not downplaying their struggle. You know what I mean? This is a legit thing. If I play against Intekken, I can beat people 
who are definitely a lot better. And it's not even that I'm losing slower to them. I legit can beat players who play logically and try to properly play footsies and whiff punish. But then when I fight the guy who's just like, I'm going to do this, then I just, I die. Maybe that is the smart, maybe that is the high level tactics and the guy trying to play on his footsies is not the high tactic. Maybe that's my mistake. But I mean, it's a legit thing that happens to a lot of people. Um, so that's the thing is I, I don't want people out there to see something like that and you know kind of get retweeted because it's got a hundred retweets 427 likes and everything like that and again like I said he's a good friend of mine and I totally we talk about fighting games all the time we disagree on a lot of things we agree on a lot of things uh, this is one of the things that I don't agree with uh, it's unfair for me to talk about it in this environment with an audience like this and he doesn't really have a chance to retort or anything like that uh, so I mean if he wants to we totally can go and do a, uh, a Skype call or something like that and talk about it a little bit more. But in my opinion, I think it's actually a real thing. I think it's a real thing to do better against smarter players because there is a level, it's fighting games are weird, right? It's not just about building a stack of skills and strengths to get better. It's literally learning this to get you by to a certain level, forgetting most of this and learning all of this and then remembering this and forgetting parts of this and then learning this and because the thing is at that point where you start doing against smarter doing well against smarter players is because you're fighting other logical players and so your logic works and so you're playing that mind game but then once you start fighting the best players the best players out there know what the logic is so they can do the absolute illogical thing to blow up the logical thing so everything you learned to get to the point where you want to fight the logical player now you have to learn forget all that and learn to be crazy again so that you can fight the expert player and throw them off guard so it's real fighting games is not about a one to like a, a, a straight stack of knowledge just like piling knowledge on and you get better fighting games really are about growing a stack of knowledge erasing parts of it growing a stack in a different direction erasing parts of that growing it this way and it's like it's an ever amorphous blob and so you know you can get to a point where your strategies work on a set of players that don't work on other players. You want to do something that makes sense, but if your opponent's not doing it, it it's, it's going to beat you up, right? Uh, someone brought this up before I started this episode, FSP versus Gandhi, one of the greatest matches uh, to teach this right fsp got beat by gandhi who was basically just kind of mashing and just doing random stuff and fsp lost now fsp we've seen in tournaments and he can beat other good players but he lost to this guy because he could not he forgot how to fight scrubs he did not have the right uh, battle plan to fight someone like that, right? It's clearly that it wasn't that he wasn't capable of beating smarter players. He, he, they, people have seen him beat better players. It's just that that technique that Gandhi was using threw him off so badly that it threw him for a loop and he legit ended up losing to this guy. Uh, Shobu James says, do you think the things we learn to beat bad players are the habits that cause us to plateau and slow our progress? Absolutely, Shobu James. Absolutely. 100%. 
So that's the problem with fighting games is the stuff that you learn to beat the, 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 the bad players at first don't help you get better. And if you don't realize that you need to change your strategy during the course of, you know, advancing up, uh, you will never be able to get to that point where you can beat those guys. So against bad players, you may have the panic button of sweep with Ryu, for example. So you just keep sweeping every single time. And against bad players, they're not going to block it. It hits them and stuff. And somehow you can get your way up to silver doing that. But then as soon as you get to silver, then people block it. And it's minus... 16 or whatever stupid number it is and then people start killing you for it and so all the things that you learned that worked on the bad players don't work on these guys anymore so you were taught to sweep the opponent constantly when they were getting up against bad players right once you start getting to good players you you took the sweep out of your gameplay you stopped it because better players blocked it and they punished you for it properly now when you go back and play the bad players again, you forgot to just keep meaty sweeping them, right? You've gone into this other realm of, I'm going to bait out this. And you know what? If I uppercut his jump, he's not going to jump at me anymore. So he's going to, you start playing like this and all of a sudden the guy keeps jumping. You're like, what the hell? And you die, right? Like, cause the, the set of skills that you learned is a completely different thing. It was a completely different set. <laughs> So Catalyst asks, then when you learn to not sweep, you lost enough to be back at bronze, and now you have to sweep all the time to go up, and then they block it by the time. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's just, it's a crazy cyclic pattern. I mean, uh, one of my favorite uh, quotes that I always like to give is, you know, uh, Fezzik fighting the man in black in The Princess Bride, right? Uh, Fezzik is this hulking monster, this beast, and if you read the book, he uh, actually uh, would go, uh, when he was first a kid, he would go around and fight other people to earn money that way. But eventually people started booing him because he was such a distinct advantage over the other person. When he fought one-on-one -on -one fights, it wasn't like fair. The guy would hit him and he would just punch him and he would win and get the money. And then the audience hated him. They all started going against him. So he actually figured out another strategy, which was to battle gangs. He actually started going and fighting a bunch of people, and then it was people enjoyed and had fun watching him beat up a whole bunch of different people, and then they started cheering for him again, and they were happy, and he was like, oh, this is cool, I found a way to get around people booing me, because he didn't want to get good, he didn't want to get booed anymore. So he learned how to fight gangs and fight a bunch of different people. Then when the Man in Black started fighting him, the Man in Black was clearly winning against him. And Fezzik says, you know, while they're fighting, of course, this is the, why The Princess Bride is one of the best movies ever. You know, they're having this fight and they're having this cordial conversation with each other. Fezzik says, like, you know what? I, I realize why now you're giving me so much trouble. And uh, the Man in Black goes, well, why is that? And Fezzik says, well, I've been fighting so many gangs recently that... When you're fighting multiple people, you learn different techniques. You live, use different holds, you use different strategies and everything. I haven't fought someone one-on-one -on -one in so long that a lot of the techniques that I used back then, I don't remember anymore. And then eventually the man in black chokes him out and he passes out and tells him to dream of large women and then he runs off. And, but like the reason why that whole scene is so great because there's actually a lot of truth to that. When you actually figure out how to do something completely different. You forget a lot of the old techniques that you learned. So 
Uh, I have not built up my resistance to Iocane powder, no. <laughs> but I have purposely avoided all land wars in Asia, and I've definitely not gone in against the Sicilian when death was on the line, okay? <laughs> um, so... Uh, yeah, so uh, a lot of you guys out there uh, talking about being in bronze, and again, it's a hard road, and uh, and you know, I I respect your guys' uh, trials and tribulations of trying to get out of bronze, and like I said, if you guys want to keep jumping into those beginner lobbies that I do, I'm totally down to keep helping out. Uh, with the bronze players and try to help you guys figure out some of the weaknesses that you guys have I do believe everybody can do it. It's just you have to understand what you're looking for in a fighting game I'm lucky. I've been playing fighting games for almost 25 years now I've been playing fighting games for longer than a lot of you guys have been alive and so uh, I've had the ability to learn all these things little by little even in fact even to this day I'm still learning things, but I learned you know small things here and there but you know I've had 25 years of time to build up this whole breadth of knowledge you guys are being asked to learn a lot of that stuff in one two three years and it's it's rough it's tough because I can tell you back when we were playing a long time ago you know at least in my circle of friends none of us were doing any of these crazy high-level tactics that we now all have names and terms for and everything like that so it's it's pretty crazy um, Let's see here. Uh, Empty Hooligan says, I already know my weakness. I panic and spaz out when I get put in blocks then and rush down. Yep, Empty Hooligan. Unfortunately, because the neutral is going to take so long um, to do my episode on defense <laughs> from first attack, is not for a few weeks away, maybe two months away or something like that. But the one thing that I will always tell you that makes you better on defense is patience and not panicking. And, you know, people have asked me how to eliminate tournament nerves when you play, and I say you can't. However, when you're on defense, you absolutely can eliminate your panic. When you panic is when you die on defense, and that's why I call moves that people tend to go to when they're getting pressured the panic button. Everybody has a panic button. Everybody has a panic button. I guarantee you that as soon as you start getting pressured, that's the button you hit to try to save your ass. And it almost never works once you start getting to higher level players. And so you have to learn to stop using the panic button. You have to rely on your own defense. And if you get thrown, you get thrown. Take the throw. It's a meme, but honestly, take the throw and you start to, you know, uh, It'll, it'll give you a chance to gather yourself and then you just have to start recognizing those moments. Also, another thing though, as I told you, when fighting games finally click and you have that massive enjoyment, the first time you play a match against someone and you seem to know everything that they're going to do before they do it and you destroy them, like you mix between buttons and throws and, and shimmies and they all work and the other guy just like somehow you just knew exactly what they're gonna do. You're going to be the victim to that. That's going to happen to you. Somebody is going to figure out and have that euphoric moment on you. And it doesn't feel like you can do anything. You're going to be like, every time I did this, he countered. Every time I did this, he countered. I complain about this as well. I, this happens to me when I play Ultra David. I get mad. I'm like, he always seems to know exactly what to do. Every time I try to mix up, it's a frustration. It's going to happen. And you can't 
take it as if everybody is going to do that to you. When that happens to you, the panic from losing to that player gets spread onto everybody else that you play against. So when they get you in the corner, you panic in a very, very similar fashion. And you're like, you know what? I can't choose any of these options because they know exactly what I'm going to do and none of them work. And so you have to have faith in yourself. So a lot of defense comes from patience, not panicking, and just having faith and trust in your own defense. Yeah, I mean, look, David is amazing. David is, he's, he's gotten to this level. He's getting up there again, and it's really, really scary. Catalyst uh, says, thanks to the, thanks. I know that I am heart over mind over body, and even my heart is really low there. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Heart, being a heart player is a tough thing because that's what happens. Whenever I play, I whine and I cry a lot when I'm playing on stream and everything like that. It's because I'm a heart player and I get frustrated very easily. Uh, I try not to be that way, but it's just how I handle things. It's how I react to things. and. It's just the way it works. So uh, when blind Frank Dukes remembered his training, then beats the screaming Jesus out of Chong Li. Yep, there you go. Bolo Young. I, I break your re You break my record. N now I break you like I break your friend. Oh, man. Um, Punk's fighter name is Take My Throw. Didn't know what that meant until about a week ago. I take all throws all the time now. <laughs> yeah, it's a little bit different because it depends, right? Because early on in Street Fighter's life cycle, taking the throw actually didn't help at all. Taking the throw was actually a bad thing. But throughout the course of the seasons in Street Fighter V, they fixed it more and more and made it so that most characters don't have a forward throw loop. Right? If they do have, if they throw you multiple times, it's usually because you did freeze. Whereas in past seasons, there were legit ways that they would throw you and then the meaty th they could get a meaty throw on you that would beat every single one of your fastest buttons. Like one of the biggest nerfs to Karen this season in Street Fighter V is after the forward throw, she gets knocked back a lot further than she did in last season. Because in last season, she could get essentially throw loops on you. But by nerfing that, now taking the throw actually makes sense because you put yourself in a situation where they can't actually meaty throw you. So it's a real kind of, if you think they're going to throw you, you can jab them first, etc., etc. So, oh, I just said etc., etc. So yeah. Oh, hey, Mecha MacGyver here in the chat. He's probably heard when that I was talking about his tweet. I don't agree with you. If you want to debate on that, we totally can, Alex. But uh, I, I definitely believe that 100% uh, that you can get to a state where you can fight better players and lose to worse players. I 100% think that's a real thing. <laughs> oh, cool. You've been here. Okay, cool, cool, cool. Yeah, I, I really believe that that's an honest thing that, that, that can happen to people. So... Uh, you know what I'm going to do right now then, uh, Alex? Before we get into this, what we'll do here then is, if you guys want to see me talk to Alex about this, I'm going to save that for Ask Jay Chenzor segment. So what I'm going to do now is call this the end of the Chen reaction. But then, you want to see the discussion come up in Ask Jay Chenzor. So if you're on YouTube, definitely look for that. The videos will be posted. Uh, the Ask Jay Chenzor usually comes 15 minutes after the Chen reaction. Uh, when it gets published, if you don't see it right away, it'll be there very, very shortly. Uh, but uh, I'm going to go ahead and call this episode because, like I said, I don't want the Chen Reaction episodes to be too long. 
Uh, so I'm going to call this now and then we'll go to the Ask Jay Chenzo section. If you're on Twitch, don't go anywhere. Stick around here. But uh, if you guys want to support, if you guys want to, you know, subscribe and everything. I'm at 250 subs. I must have missed a sub. Hang on a second. Where was the last sub that I just got? I totally missed what the last sub was because I was at 256 a while ago. Uh, let's see here. Recent events. The most recent sub was... Oh, no, I got Voxim. Okay, okay. So I don't have anyone new to tell to suck my nuts. Okay. Uh, but if you guys, again, appreciate the support and everything like that. And uh, I will see you guys on Ask Jay Chenzor. Talk to you guys in just a little bit. Hello everybody, welcome back to the Chenzor Dynasty. We are here with the Ask J Chenzor section of the stream before I get into some learn to fight online. This is where people can just ask me questions all over the place and uh, uh, one of the questions that was already in the chat that you guys just missed over here was that, uh, let's see, where was it, where was it, where was it? Uh, uh, Jean, B, Jean B asked me, wanted to know what I thought about Daigo doing random shoryus, the Ume shoryu essentially. Uh, basically what it really comes down to is that, you know, it's not really random, right? So, as I said, when you become a stronger player, you start figuring out the logical thing to do in every situation. As you start fighting stronger and stronger players, you'll realize that you're going to get destroyed by all of those guys because they know exactly what the logical choice is so they can predict you at every step of the way, right? And so you start to learn that you can't always do the logical choice. You always have to do something a little crazy. Alex Vai once famously said, and I quote this all the time, he told me, he was like, for every two logical things you do, you got to throw in one random thing. Uh, I used I was playing against Jason Cole in Super Turbo one time, and every time I knocked his Dalsum down, I would walk up and do crouching medium punch to him when he got up, and it's a great button, super meaty. If it hits, Dalsum dies. Uh, he has to low block it because reasons, Super Turbo reasons. Uh, he's like one of the only characters that has to low block Cammy's crouching strong. Um, and like I said, if he gets hit, he dies. It's like, it's instant stun for him. And so I did meaty crouching medium punch to him every time. And Vaya was watching. He was like, why do you do that every time? You got to do something different. And I was like, because it's so good. It's so good. It's like, you have to do like, it's meaty. I gave him all the reasons and Vaya was like, yeah, but you're never putting your opponent into a situation that they're not familiar with anymore. Every time you do that, it's just such a comfortable known state that he's never gonna get put in a panic he's like you gotta do something less optimal from time to time just to throw it off and I was like like I was like that one guy you know with the camera spinning around him right and so basically that's kind of what Daigo is doing yeah Vi told me this this is what Vi told me and uh, this is uh, basically what Daigo is doing with the Ume Shoryus right what he's doing is he's not randomly uppercutting. He knows the situations. He knows the key moments at which he can throw in an uppercut that has a high probability of hitting, but probably shouldn't be done in the long run too often. So it's not that it's random. He picks the right moments to do them. 
And uh, when they land, they throw the opponent off, and that opens them up for a lot of other things. He's throwing those in there randomly, but by trying to be unexpected, so the opponent is never just put in their comfortable space all the time. So he always wants to keep them confused and guessing. So yeah, the Ume Shoryu feels random, and yeah, there is that problem that a lot of people say that, oh yeah, when it hits, you know, like, when Daigo does it, it's like genius, and when other people do random uppercuts, it's awful, right? You know, it's like, there's this double standard going on, but, I mean, to be honest with you, the reason why that double standard exists is because Daigo's success rate is increasingly higher than most other people at this point. So, uh, at the moment, MDZ Jimmy developed a Jimmy Shoryu in Street Fighter V, and he's using it very well recently. And uh, that's the way it works. Uh-oh, mic crackling. Let's fix that. Sorry about that. But uh, let me know if that fixed it. Let me know if that fixed it, because it's just um, it's just my capture card thing. Yeah, I mean, literally, I mute XSplit, and I bring it back, and then it's fine. I, like I said, streaming is a blow-up. None of streaming was ever designed to be streaming. <laughs> Everything that you do for streaming is, let's get a capture device, right? Oh, let's find this uh, program that lets me stream to the, the, like there's no actual like streaming machine, right? It, everything is cobbled together. Streaming is such a crazy thing. Um, yeah, exactly. Nephew put out a good video on it, I think. He breaks it down that it's worth it to do statistically. Yeah, and again, it's I, 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 when you say statistically like that, I call it pot odds. I usually use it to kind of match uh, poker analogies, right? A lot of the times, you know, uh, you will go all in on something uh, because you have the strongest chance of doing it right. If you get sucked out on and you end up losing, you get mad. But the reason why pot odds are there is because going in all in on that percentage-wise will grant you more success over the long-term range. If you focus on just that one tournament, you will absolutely be frustrated and be like, God, this guy totally sucked out on me by doing this thing, uh, you know. Uh, but if you look at it throughout the course of a year, your, your, your money, or the amount of times you win that all-in or the amount of times you win that match uh, in tournaments is overall better than not and so that's why you would kind of go for it in those kind of situations and whereas Daigo like I said Daigo somehow just has this really smart way of finding the right times to go all in with a random uppercut but like I said it's based off of patterns that he's recognized he's he knows all the little key moments through the course of the first few rounds where uh, he knows the kind of behavior you're gonna have that this uppercut would work in this time. Sure, you might block it, and sure, in Street Fighter V, that means you could completely die. <laughs> but uh, in his mind, it's worth it to do those situations, and if you do block it, that gives him information for the next time he fights you. Or maybe that was the first game, and in the next game now, he has more information about you, and he knows not to do it as much against you, you know, to that effect, so. That's, that's, that's why Ume Shoryu's aren't exactly random. And that's why it's actually uh, a good strategy for him. And uh, if you guys were watching earlier on the Chen reaction, I was just talking about the concept uh, from a tweet by Mecha MacGyver saying that, you know, be fighting better players, like I fight 
better players better than I do, you know. I, I play better against better players, you know, uh, being kind of a fallacy, uh, basically meaning that, you know, uh, you're losing to these better players. You just feel better about it because you're losing slower. Um, I, I, and then there's a lot of people who responded to the tweet and agreed with them. Uh, and while I do believe there's a lot of logic to that, and while I do believe that there's, you know, some substance behind there, but I do, my last talk was talking largely about the fact that I think there actually is a legit state that players get into where they learn, they forget all the anti-scrub stuff, and they start learning all the things that fight smarter players. And once you do that, and you learn all this stuff, and forget all this stuff, all of a sudden those bad players do beat you up a lot and you actually legit do better against the better players because you have this ability to play logic uh you play logically to them right and the best players out there like uh say no to weeb says here is that uh the better player will level themselves down or just remember what the anti-scrub strategies are to beat players like that and that's kind of one of the key factors right there because you spend all this time learning that this opponent never blocks. So you meaty sweep them all day and then you get the better players and then they uh, never do, they block your sweep all the time and so they kill you. And then when you go back to fight the scrubs, you forget to do meaty sweeps all day and then all of a sudden that you can't fight them with the logic that you used before. So I think that there's actually uh, something to it. I did talk about Gandhi versus SF FSP as a perfect example. Now, um, uh, Mecha MacGyver was in the chat earlier, and you know I did want to offer him the opportunity to bring up some counterpoints and everything and kind of debate on the topic as well. If he's still in the chat and still wants to do that, uh, I'm totally down for that as well uh, because I feel it's kind of unfair. I've got this big audience here, this stream, this Twitter, all this stuff like that. I'm like, eh, hey, he's wrong. And there's really not, not really any opportunity for him to, to you know, have any sort of counterpoints as well. And like I said, I'm not the kind of person that's just going to sit here and go, I'm right, they're wrong, and stuff like that. Except for the fact that, you know, saying that esports gets as many views as the Super Bowl is, in fact, 100% a lie. But um, if he's still in the chat and wants to, like, bring up any points or anything like that, uh, you're perfectly welcome to, Alex. Uh, just let me know. Uh, any anti-scrub strategies you would actually recommend to get over this issue? You mean just the issue of actually beating the scrubs the first time and getting to the point where you can actually start forgetting how to fight scrubs? Uh, shout out to Witch Dr. Bob uh, for the uh, for for the host over here. Ooh, ee, ooh, uh, uh, ding dang, walla walla bing bang. Ooh, ee, ooh, uh, uh, ding dang, walla walla bing bang. Um, um, let's see, uh, any good anti-scrub strategies you would actually recommend to get over the issue? <laughs> that was actually one of the funnest songs to do on DDR, I think it was DDR Max 2, they put the Witch Doctor in there, and it was actually really fun, fun steps to do. Um, what you want to do to scrubs, honestly, is let them hang themselves. That is one of the biggest things you want to do. And then also, uh, keep it simple, stupid. You know, the kiss, stra the kiss strategy. Keep it simple. Um, don't go nuts against them. Don't try to apply your offense to them. Make sure that you 
play reactively to them because they're not going to play reactively to you. They are going to try to do stuff first, right? So if they're mashing a lot of buttons, that means you get to jump in on them because they're not thinking about anti-air, right? Um, if they're jumping at you all the time, stand in their jump range. Go into their perfect jump range and just stand there. And then whenever they jump, just keep anti-airing them. If they like to wake up uppercut, EX uppercut, walk up to them and walk back when they get up. So if they wake up and try to throw, you'll be out of the throw range. And if they do wake up uppercut, you'll block it and then you can kill them with a crush counter. Basically, when you play against uh, lower level people, you want to be as reactive to them as possible. You don't need to be the aggressor. You don't need to establish your mix-up. You don't need to put the pressure on the opponent. Um, uh, <laughs> well, there you go, Witch Dr. Bob. Um, basically, yeah, that's that's kind of one of the key ways to beat a scrub is react to what they're doing, see how they're playing, and then just start exploiting the little weaknesses that you see. And actually, the better that you get, the better you'll be able to beat those guys because then you will know how to exploit those things better. The only thing is you have to remember now you don't have to be aggressive because when you play against higher level players, you're going to be playing a very, very careful footsies match. And it's going to be, you know, both of you, neither of you are aggress being the aggressor, so you have to find the times to try to get in there, knock them down and get the mix-up. Like I've said on first attack, you're the neutral. The goal of neutral is to set up an advantage, right? It's not about doing the damage. The neutral is about setting yourself to an advantage so you can do as much damage with as little work as possible. That's the idea of the neutral. So, uh, when you play against someone who also is playing the neutral and you guys are playing neutral, you do have to be the aggressor sometimes. Get in there, hit them so that you can knock them down or s make them block Mika's drop kick so that you can get to the point where you've, you're an advantage and they're in a pressure situation, right? Now, when you play against, when you go back and play scrubs, you're going to try to play this neutral game with them, and all they do is just dash in your face and jump and just like throw out tatsus everywhere, and you're just like, what is happening? And you're trying to like, trying to find the way to get your advantage. But in all actuality, you have the advantage literally just by existing in the match, right? Because your opponent is not going to be playing footsies or playing any neutral, they're just throwing stuff out, you are by default already in the advantage in neutral. So you don't actually have to do anything. Play patient, see what the opponent's going to do, see what they tend towards, whether it's forward dashing, whether it's jumping, or whether it's hitting buttons or whatever. Find out what it is that they crutch themselves onto, know what counters that, and then just keep doing it. And don't think to yourself, if you uppercut them, they won't jump again, because they absolutely will jump again. <laughs> they absolutely will jump again. Stay in their jump. If they are going to jump at you, Walk into their perfect jump range. If it's Blanca, stand closer. If it's someone who has a farther jump, stand further away. And just stand there and wait for them to jump at you and anti-air them and never think they're going to stop until they actually stop. But the thing is, if they stop, you're standing at a safe distance anyway, so they can't really take advantage of it. They don't know how to take advantage of it. So even if they stop jumping, then you can see that they stop jumping. Now you take advantage of the next thing that they do. Then you walk up to them and now you can try to play this footsie game with them or jump at them because they're not going to be ready for your jump you know, etc. One time, one time. Um, so that's kind of the way it works. Um, <laughs> they won't throw me again. <laughs> Dude, I have anti-aired some people like 7,000 times in a row. Um, it's absolutely the thing. The, the worst species is people that have both some good skill and some scrubby habits. Yeah, 
it's absolutely a terrifying place uh, to, to fight against those players. Absolutely terrifying to fight them. Um, I like the shortened cat from Shigon. I like this whole cat. I like this shortened cat. And and what's kind of cool about that though, Casey Snipes, is you know you're saying you're saying that you know this whole chat is about me, ha ha ha. But What's cool about that though is that you're sitting here and you're reading this and you're absorbing this and you're learning about this. You're learning about this mentality. So I think this will actually help you because some of these things that we say will come back to your head when you're actually playing the match now. You're gonna be like, oh yeah, I remember them talking about that. I remember talking about that. So uh, there you go. Uh, when they do DP on your wake up, yes. That is definitely another one that people will just walk up to you and EX uppercut you in the face. <laughs> oh man, it's so painful. Uh, I enter air 12 times in a row. I'm like, no way they jump again. I'm gonna push a button now. No, they jump again. Yep, NDS6. Yeah, and that absolutely happens all the time. Like I said, just never believe they're gonna stop. And that's the thing is, what's interesting is when you are a beginner and you're playing against that the first time, you're not noticing that as a pattern. You're not thinking to yourself, okay, now that I've anti-aired them enough times, they're gonna stop jumping. You haven't transcended into that mindset yet. You're just like, he's jumping, oh my gosh, hit him. He's jumping, ah, now let me try a fireball. He jumped, oh my gosh, oh. You're not recognizing it as a pattern. You're not trying to think of yourself as discouraging somebody from doing something. So before you learn that mentality, you might be able to beat those kind of players because you're just anti-airing them because you're not trying to read. You probably didn't even notice that they jumped 12 times in a row and you anti-aired them 12 times in a row. But the better you get, the more you notice that and now you really want to believe they're going to stop. <laughs> you really want to believe they're going to stop. I mean, there was once in Street Fighter 4, oh, this is one of those perfect examples that I just loved. I dashed up to a Ryu player. Right when he got up, I backdashed. He went, sure you can, low forward drill. I walked up right next to him and I'm just gonna do it again. I backdashed, sure you can, low forward drill. I walked up to him again and I was like, he's gonna do it again. And I backdashed, sure you can, low forward drill. And then I was like, he learned. And then he got up and I threw him and he died. It was like, one of the greatest, <laughs> it was just like, he did wake up uppercut three times in a row and then on the fourth time I threw him and it was just, you could tell, like, again, there was just something about it that I was like, he figured it out. He figured it out. He's not going to uppercut this time. And I threw him. And it's just, there's this weird, I don't know what it is. It's just at some point, you just kind of figure things out like that. It's really odd. I, I can't explain it. I can't explain it. Actually, two is usually the magic number. If you play third strike, the most common thing is universal overhead, universal overhead sweep. <laughs> two universal overhead sweep. Two throws into meaty. Like two is always the magic number. Two is the magic number right there. Oh man. Um, <laughs> Shing, I see you saying, oh my God, I bet you're thinking that's what you've seen a lot of third strike players do, right? Universal overhead, universal overhead sweep. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> if you get hit by two universal overheads in third strike, you're dead. <laughs> uh. Yep, game of chicken. That's why that one time that uh, Phenom command through Daigo four times in a row to stun him was such a great moment because Phenom just said, you know what, you are gonna take throws until you die, because you really, because he really understood that Daigo was going to block.
because everybody stops after a while. So he command through him, and 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 then he stunned him, and then he command through him, and he died. And again, yes, that was season one where you could get loops like that a lot easier. Uh, but that's the way it works. So that's just how it goes. Um, I guess uh, Mecha MacGyver took off. I guess uh, if I say third strike loud enough, maybe that will get his attention or something. Or maybe he, he, he disappeared at this point. But the craziest, the craziest thing about that, though, was that um, uh, because Daigo took those five throws in a row, it's been harder to throw him that many times in a row now because nobody ever tries it anymore because everybody remembers that moment and like nobody believes that it'll work anymore because it happened to Lord Daigo. I haven't seen the five throws in a row in a long time. So, uh, oh, no worries, Auric. If he, if he doesn't want to show up, it's fine. I don't want to force him into anything that he doesn't want to do. So uh, I did watch the last half of the debate uh, last night. Uh, anime lover, it was, yeah, it's a, it's a, yeah, anyways, I don't want to get too much into it right now. It's just, at this point in time, it's just like a circus at this point. Um, do you think this worked twice? I'll keep doing it until he stops me as a good or bad mentality. And again, uh, Catalyst, so uh, this is kind of what I said in my first, uh, first attack episode, right? Those kind of questions are very interesting because there's no right answer to it. I can't answer that question. It really just depends on who you're playing against. If you play against a, a crazy person, then yeah, keep doing it until it stops working. If you're playing against someone that you know is really into that mind game, you can't do it, then you gotta kinda mix it up. And you know, it really is based off, and this is even if you've never played them before, this is based off of the information that you've played before, right? So obviously, like if I play against a guy like Combo Fiend, I know that they will keep doing something even if I stop them twice. If I, he jumps at you twice and you uppercut him twice, he'll jump at you at a third time. That is the style of Combo Fiend. He just, uh, he wants to show you that you can't train him. That is like one of his whole things. He's a very defiant kind of player. He refuses to let you train him, right? And that's the kind of style that he plays. And so you can't say whether, you know, doing it more than twice or whatever is, uh, there's no, there's, I can't say yes or no, because you have to base it on who you're going up against. You have to base it on, you know, what you've learned about that player. And so it's always going to be a, you know, split time decision. You always have to make that decision right there and then. But it'll always be, it should always be an educated decision or it's early in a game and you want to find out that information so you just do it three times in a row because you want to see how they react eventually, right? You just do it three times in a row because you want to see how they react to it. You know, if you do it the first time, you're doing it to gain information. Once you gain that information, then you can start basing your strategy afterwards on that. So um, that's how it works. Um, let's see. Casey Snipes, I get excited watching high level play, but I'm confused about how much energy I want to put into learning to get good. I don't want to ruin the fun of the game. Thoughts? Uh, it gets more fun the better you get. So the better you get, it will get to that point where you're like, holy crap, this is like, this is what I was missing. Oh boy, this was amazing. Like a couple of the matches that I was playing uh, on Unist on Monday, like they came down to the wire and I was just like, oh my God, these matches are so good. 
um, it's it's a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun. And so if you actually don't uh, get to that point, you might be hampering yourself from having some of the fun. Now, having said that, not every fighting game is for everybody, right? I mean, there was this great video out there. It's an older video. I've seen this video a million times already. Uh, but everybody likes to post it. Uh, it was making the rounds on the internet again recent yesterday for some strange reason. But it was the video of the dog, the puppy, that was trying to be trained to be a service animal. And, uh, the, and the dog basically was just like grabbing the empty wheelchair and like throwing it. Like a guy with a walker with the tennis balls on the bottom of it was trying to walk and the dog at the same time. And the dog grabs the tennis ball from under the walker and like pulls it away and like, the, like literally drags the guy onto the ground and everything. And like this dog got distracted by everything when it was trying to be a service dog and you know, even though you feel like this is what you want to put somebody through, not everything is for you. And there's a lot of different ways to, uh, to live, basically. So what I'm trying to get at here, Casey Snipes, is that Street Fighter V might just not be the game for you. You might want to try some other games. Obviously, that's an expensive route unless you can find some friends um, to play locally on their machine. Uh, Street Fighter V might not be your game because Street Fighter V does require, I think, a larger amount of dedication to learn how to play. Street Fighter V is, I still think, one of the hardest fighting games to learn right now. And that's why I hate when everybody tries to make fun of Street Fighter V as that it's like completely brain dead or it's so simple. Oh my gosh, like they totally dumbed this game down. It's actually, I think, kind of one of the more opposite examples because I really think Street Fighter V requires some of the most studying out of any fighting game right now, even more than Tekken. Like once you start figuring out and understanding how moves in Tekken work, you kind of get an idea of what class of move they are. And so you start be, it starts making sense. Whereas in Street Fighter V, one person's crouch medium kick is plus one, the other person's crouching medium kick is minus two, right? Bison stand heavy kick is plus one, everybody else's stand heavy kick is minus four. It's like, there's no rhyme or reason to it in Street Fighter V unless you just look it up. And that's one of the toughest things. You can't really categorize moves in Street Fighter V as much. Cammy does stand medium punch, crouch medium punch as the frame trap. That's what Lucia does. Karen does crouch medium punch, stand medium punch as the frame trap. Why? Because reasons. You know, it's, it's inconsistent. And so it actually does require a lot of studying. Mm. Have I been keeping up with the Uniclair Storm? Uh, wait, what's going on with Uniclair right now? I have no idea what's going on with this storm. Um... What, what, what is happening in this Uniclair situation? You got it for $7. Oh, okay, cool. Well, there you go, Casey Snipes. Yeah, but remember, uh, Street Fighter V doesn't play anything like Street Fighter II doesn't play anything like Street Fighter 2. So the things that you enjoy about Street Fighter 2, like cool fireball zoning, etc., doesn't work on Street Fighter 5. Street Fighter 5 is a vastly different game than Street Fighter 2. So just because it's Street Fighter doesn't necessarily mean 
that it's going to match what you like about it. So Grand Blue Fantasy Versus has more of a Street Fighter 2 feel to me than, um, than Street Fighter 5 does, for example. Um, yeah, I, I love the fact that, you know, on Monday when I was playing, I was playing against the Batista on Uniclair, and he was zoning the crap out of everybody. He had like a five, six game win streak in my lobby. And um, it was cool to play. I mean, it's super frustrating and it's super annoying and you get easily annoyed by it, but it's still a fun puzzle to try to break. And as long as you look at it that way, like it's a fun puzzle to try to break, you'll you'll be able to do it. And I was able to win the, the, the I think the third time I played against them. I think I lost the first two and I was able to win finally the third time by just being patient and remembering all the different options and paths that I have. Um, People complaining about netcode and about character balance as a story as old as time. Is that is that what everything's about? Uh, lots of users complaining about Enkido and Wagner. Wagner, yeah, I mean. Oh, and that new character has a game crashing combo. I mean, if anybody does that, ban them from the tournament. I mean, it's it's that simple, right? Uh, yeah, there's gonna be bugs in the game. Let them patch it. I mean, Grand Blue Fantasy Versus has that proximity OS that everybody was going, oh my god, and then they're like, hey, look, we're gonna patch it in March and it's gonna be gone. So it's like, why is everybody mad, right? It's not like you spent four years waiting for improved netcode, right? I mean, they, it's literally a month and they got rid of this proximity OS bug. So I'm not worried about the game crashing uh, bug in, uh, in Unist. Characters being strong is a common thing that just happens in fighting games. Hopefully they just continue to balance Uniclair as time goes on. You know, right now, uh, Fairy is too strong in Grand Blue Fantasy Versus, but people are learning how to fight. Uh, Gran and Catalina, people are complaining about. Uniclair has a lot of bugs. Fighting games have bugs. Fighting games have bugs. It's just the way it works. Every fighting game has bugs, and there's really nothing you can do about it. So, um... Uh, oh, cool. What's up, Alex? Uh, I don't know. Is there anything that you wanted to address about what I talked about? Is there anything that you would like to, you know, uh, counterpoint on? Because uh, I would love to have a, a discussion on it. I think it's an interesting discussion. Um, but, yeah, I mean, in Uniel, good God. Like, Waldstein, Gordo, and who was the third monster in the original Uniel? There was three monsters. It was those two, and there was one more character that just like killed everybody, everybody, um, and it was frustrating. And I remember because I was a Nanase player, and Valstein just completely destroys them. Okay, cool. So Mega MacGyver saying, uh, I think my perspective is a bit different than yours. Sure, no problem. Uh, <laughs> is Bethesda the one that has the game that opens with the guys in the carriage and the horses walking along? And the horse glitches out a lot and does all sorts of crazy things and it's the most hilarious things. Oh god, there's one video that I saw this horse glitch over there and oh my goodness, it was like the funniest damn video I've ever seen and it makes me laugh even to this day. I'm gonna go see if I can find it because it just, god, that, that video just cracks me up. Um, but yeah, um... Where are my playlists? Here we go. Favorites here. Uh, but yeah, uh, feel free to explain your point of view a little bit more, Mecha MacGyver. I would really, really uh, love to love to see that. Uh, let me see if I can fight this. Find the. 
I don't know if this video exists anymore. I don't know if it's actually out there anymore. Um, oh, I think this is it, actually. Oh, I think this is it. Hey, what's up, everybody? It's Jeff and Jack. Okay, here we go. Sorry about that. Yes, this is the video. Sweet. Okay, perfect, perfect. Okay, so <laughs> this is the clip that uh, I have seen. And no matter what happens, this makes me laugh every single time. <laughs> and uh, oh, man. Oh, man. Let me see if I can grab this here. Oh man, that's probably a little too wide, right? Um, here we go. <laughs> Let me know how the volume is. Skyrim, this is, huh? I have a different, okay, okay, I don't know. What I have that, a different guess about why we stopped. Yeah. So yeah, this, this is, is the very beginning of Skyrim. Yeah, yeah, and so. Such a majestic Whoa. beast. <laughs> hey guys, come on, give it a try, it's fun. Who gave the horse ice skates? That's just wrong. That guy is that's a tough guy right there. Like, like, no, he's gonna, that guy looks really around. good. <laughs> <laughs> and Aragorn over there is like, I don't give a fuck. Yeah. <laughs> Alright, well that does it. Oh my god. And it's funny too because of that clip. I always want to say such a majestic beast, but nobody will know what the hell I'm talking about. I always want to be like such a majestic beast, but like nobody will know what I'm referring to. <laughs> Uh, it's one of my favorite clips. I love that thing. Just watching the horse swing back and forth. The first time I saw it, I just I just started dying. Oh, man, so good. Such a majestic beast. <laughs> Such a majestic beast. Okay. Anyways, uh, it's almost 5.30. I'll probably call it at 5.30 at this point. If, uh, if, if, if Mick MacGyver wants to talk about it on Twitter or, you know, if doesn't want to worry about Okay, my notion is more than better players will tend to play slower or slightly risk-averse. So you feel like you're doing better than you would versus a nut. But once they find the checks you'll run into, it'll start looking to look rougher and rougher. Yeah, yeah, that's absolutely true. That's absolutely true. So um, if... You know, if that's kind of the viewpoint that you're going from, uh, you know, less about, you know, that there isn't a phase where you can actually lose to better players, like fight better players well, you know, that a lot of people feel like that they're fooling themselves when they're actually doing it. Maybe it's different for me because usually I can tell when I actually am legit doing better against better players and worse against worse players because I understand fighting games. Um, and uh, a lot of other people don't. And so a lot of people may make that mistake that they are at that level when they're losing slower to better players. And, um, you know, if you're talking about that kind of mentality, you know, not like when someone like Rennick 
was talking about it to Gutex and Mike Ross. If it's more about, you know, these players that who really are just like legit fooling themselves. I mean, yeah, it's, you can definitely feel like you're doing better because, you know, you'll beat Alex Valle the first round because he's gathering information and then he just like slaughters you the other rounds. And But you're like, I took Valle out that one round, so clearly I'm doing better against stronger players than I am against weaker players. Um, in other words, you're not really focusing on the whole entirety of everybody who, who makes that claim. You're talking about a specific sect of people who are actually legit fooling themselves about that. So, um, yeah, I mean, that I, I can't disagree with. Because <laughs> that definitely happens. There are definitely a lot of people out there that fool themselves. Uh, does Uniclear punish rage quitters? I have no idea. I have absolutely no idea. Um, yeah, uh, dude, Neo Cable, you're the you're the Batista that I was talking about earlier. That was giving everybody so much trouble. Uh, I was telling everybody like you beat me twice in a row, and then I had to figure out how to how to get in finally, and I was able to win like the the third game. But it, it was it was fun to do that again. I, I, you know, when you play these, is as, as fr I was getting frustrated by the zoning, 100%, but that's the thing, that's, that's the key to zoning, right? You want the opponent to get frustrated because then they play weaker and weaker. So, uh, uh, when I play against it, what I want to do then is not get frustrated, figure out how to get in and figure out how to play that situation smarter, right? And I was trying to realize what I was doing, but at the same time, I like that because it's a different kind of style. I like it when I fight a character and I have to do something completely different against one character than I do have to against another character. It feels very ST-like, like when I sat there and went and tried to go find Zawa videos playing Nanase online, it's fun and interesting to me to watch him fight a certain character and goes, how does he approach this matchup, right? A lot of games these days are about, you know, very close ranged combat. And that once you get the knocks down, it snowballs, right? MK11, Tekken, Street Fighter are all that kind of game now. So, you know, you don't really get to see as much of the how do I approach the enemy. It's more how do I directly deal with this. Oh, Ryu and Gil can parry Honda's EX butt slam. You know, uh, Lucia has to do light spin kick, you know, etc. And so when you're getting into those situations like that, you can pick up those kind of tips, but it's less about how do I get in on this character? How do I keep this character out? What are some good anti-air buttons that I can use to keep this specific character out? You don't have to spend as much time learning those kind of things. It's kind of what I liked about Sam Show too. Sam Show feels that way a lot too. You fight against the Tam Tam. Tam Tam's running away. When I fight Tam Tam, it's a very different fight than when I fight Genjuro, right? So there's something about that that I that I prefer. I enjoy more. That is where Sam Show, Uniclair, and where um, uh, Grand Blue Fantasy Versus kind of fall in for me. So uh, that's kind of how it works right there. Um, yeah, my, you're talking about me. My passion is a double-edged saber. Uh, or are you talking to somebody, or are you talking to Saber in the chat? <laughs> is Saber in the chat? No, but it's actually true. Like, my biggest problem is that I have too many goddamn games to play, and I can't get good at anything. I can't get good at anything. Um, 
<laughs> took a round off of Rickster. Oh, Rich Sticks. Rich Sticks. Um, uh, I've had that actually where I play a strong player and it starts slower, but I get dismantled. It's less annoying since I feel like I got to play a bit, but I would never really knew what I was doing well. Yeah, and that's the thing too. I mean, that's where a game like Tekken 7, I feel like, has gotten a lot more popularity because players are able to get up off the floor and get back to neutral. They've really made the wake-up game a lot more friendly uh, in Tekken 7 so that, because before in all the older Tekken games, it was very easy to keep someone on the ground if you knew what they were doing. They could never get up. People didn't really enjoy the game as much. Suddenly you can get up a little bit easier. People say that they know what they're doing, uh, etc. Etc. <clears throat> and then uh, you go to Street Fighter, the Street Fighter series. Shout out to Super Moose for the continued subscription two months in a row. Suck my nuts, Super Moose. Uh, so the thing about um, uh, Street Fighter is that you went from a game like four or three in which you could parry every time you wake up. So you felt like you were trying something even when you were knocked down. You're like, aha, I'm gonna try to parry. And even if you failed, you're like, dang it, I guessed wrong. Or in Street Fighter 4, you just backdashed everything uh, or uppercut FADC'd everything. Then you go to Street Fighter 5 and suddenly when you get knocked down, you have to respect everything. You gotta figure out the data. And every time, every guess you make, you're wrong and you just keep getting killed. Like, oh, I'm gonna block this command throw and then Mika does towards heavy punts and then she's plus three again. And so she gets to actually put another mix-up on you. So even though you guessed right and blocked this, you have another guess that you have to deal with. So guessing right caused you to die. And so people found Street Fighter V less fun because now you can't get up off the floor at all, right? So what you said uh, about, um, you know, Duck Helmet, where you said that it's less annoying since I feel like I got to play a bit, but really I was never doing well. That's why I keep saying a lot of the things that I want to change in Street Fighter V won't actually change the game, but just change the weird subconscious, you know, it's like fooling you into feeling like you're playing the game more. That's kind of what I want. Those are the kind of changes that I would like to give Street Fighter V. Put your back into neutral more so, so that you'll die slower, <laughs> essentially, um, is kind of how I want to do it. So. Uh, yeah, Catalyst, if you talk to every Tekken player, even though it's super hard to get up in Tekken, even in Tekken 7, uh, compared to the previous games, it's it's apparently so much, so much easier. Uh, James, you hear about the terrible DLC practice from DOA 6, unlocking a hair color which needs payment locks up the one currently in use. Wait, if you buy a new hair color, it locks the hair color that you are currently using? So you have to buy the other hair color again? You can't switch back and forth? Uh, you used to lose for getting up wrong in older Tekken. Yeah, see, Mecha MacGyver would know. So he's got a lot of that Tekken knowledge. He's got that, uh, that, that, uh, that legacy knowledge. And that's what everybody told me. It's like, if you just got up, incorrectly it was so easy to pick you up and refloat you uh, off the ground and basically you would be just put into the same mix-up repeatedly over and over again uh, right exactly duck helmet and that's one of the hardest things about Street Fighter 5 is a lot of times you just don't feel like you got to play right it's weird because if you think about it if you block a cross-up on your wake-up you feel like you got up and you blocked something 
in your brain you've already registered a success like I successfully blocked the cross up now you're in the exact same mix up throw shimmy you know uh, or 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 attack you're in the exact same mix up as when you got off the floor and someone meted you right but just by blocking a cross up you feel like you had a success and you feel like you're playing the game again uh, you'll feel that much better even though you're putting the exact same mix up so that's why I've always said I want to have the option of having it so that if you don't quick rise or back roll in Street Fighter V, you get up with throw invulnerability. So if the opponent's not ready for you to stay on the ground, then uh, you'll just get up and you don't have to deal with that throw mix-up. However, if you stay on the ground a lot to avoid that, that means you're cross-up fodder. The opponent's going to cross you up every single time. And if you're in the corner, it's super easy for them to go for their media attack and then they see you don't do any of the quick rises and they'll jump at you because they don't need to back off. They're in the corner. They're going to jump at you and get a free cross up on you anytime, anyway. And you're going to be putting the exact same mix up even if you, that throw mix up, even though uh, you thought you avoided it by not doing a quick rise. So it's subconsciously better, but it's not actually better. The only thing that makes it better is that now the opponent crossed you up so they put themselves in the corner, you know, that kind of thing. That's kind of the idea of what I would do to Street Fighter V. I would keep the game the same, but fool people into thinking that they're getting up and able to do something. Mm. Some situations cause the opponents to get up back turned. Ugh, God. And yeah, that's, that's not good at all. Um, I would love to see Street Fighter V dissected by a game sports psychologist. There's just something about Street Fighter V that feels brutal compared to a lot of other fighting games. That's exactly what it is, Grinning Oni, is that you get knocked down and you're just put into this repeated uh, cycle and there's very little room for human error, right? Because frame kills are super precise now, uh, it's really easy to keep the pressure going. It's just really easy to make sure that the opponent can never get out of that situation. If the, it, it, you'll always have the same timing for the meaties, you know, and, and for the back rolls. And it, you, since you don't get up off the floor, you just keep getting looped onto the floor. And every time you make a decision, it's the wrong decision. Even when you make the right decision, it's a wrong decision, right? Just like, um, like I said, Lady Mika, you block Lady Mika. This is why Mika and Alex destroy me so much. Because if I block their towards heavy punch, whether it's Lady Mika or the Lariat, I'm still in the mix-up and like my brain can't process that properly. I'm like, I made the right decision to block, but I'm still in the mix-up? And so like my brain goes, no, and I panic. And so I just get hit by every meaty that Alex and Mika want to do to me because I just don't want to block because blocking doesn't reward you at all in that situation. Guessing not command throw didn't reward me at all. And so I just get hit by everything. And that creates a frustration in you when you play these games, right? And Street Fighter V took away the cool combo so you don't have the ability to style on somebody when you finally do get the hit. You don't get invincible uppercuts so that when you uppercut a limb, you feel good about yourself. They didn't give you any parries because if you could parry stuff, then you just like, even if you parry one thing and get a sweep, you're like, yeah, like, uh, I mean, I've talked to Mecha MacGyver about this a million times. Like, I don't like parries, but I think it's one of the greatest uh, systems for making you feel good about yourself in all of fighting games, right? So that's the problem. Street Fighter V doesn't have a lot of ways that make you feel good about yourself. 
season five has improved that because they've added a lot of crazy things like Abigail Tire. And when you do shenanigans with Abigail Tire, you know, you will crack yourself up. You'll just be like, <laughs> I can't believe I did that, you know. And they've improved the factor of you being able to enjoy the things that you did, right? Seth is full of that once you get like these crazy combos and you're just like, oh my god, look at the damage I did. And so that's one of the biggest problems in Street Fighter V is they, early on, they didn't have enough to make you actually uh, enjoy it. Add bursts. <laughs> bursts. You know, I've always wanted something like that, honestly, a burst kind of mechanic. I really wanted a V-reversal that was a throw. So if you block something and you V-reversal, instead, it's a one frame grabs the opponent and then pushes them away, kind of like a samurai showdown throw, except you end up at zero after you push them away, but you push them away at a distance uh, where, like obviously you can hit each other with like a cami stand medium kick, but otherwise you're zero. You don't do any damage at all. You just reset everything to neutral. And the reason why I want to make it a throw is because that way you can't use it on jump attacks. It'll miss against jump attacks. You just throw and whiff. Uh, so you can't use it as a crutch anti-air. And then also uh, it'll leave you vulnerable so that if you whiff the throw on something, like let's say Karen does something and then back cancels into the back dash of her Gurenken, and you do it, you go whoo, and you'll just whiff there forever, and then basically you'll die. So you can't ever force the opponent to block anything. So you can't do any V-reversal whiff punish kind of things. You know what I mean? So you know how like Vega can block, 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 flip, and then dodge a bunch of things and beat them up. Well, I don't want you to be able to do that kind of things on certain moves. So it just keeps you in a vulnerable throw state like that. Uh, that was kind of, yeah, exactly, V for Charlie. I don't understand why they nerfed it in uh, Season 2. I was mad about that, too. I was mad about that, too. Um, oh, sorry, Nobs. Yeah, uh, what's a frame kill? A frame kill, basically, for example, if Kami ever lands a heavy drill on the opponent, if you forward dash afterwards, it's a perfect timing. It's a, the forward dash is a frame kill. So you always do the forward dash after a heavy drill because then your standing medium punch is a perfect timing to be meaty. Perfect meaty timing if they quick rise. If they back roll, no, but if they quick rise, yes. And so that's kind of the idea. That's what a frame kill is. Some characters, when they knock you down, they'll whiff low strong into low jab and then the next button is a perfect meaty attack. And so they call those frame kills because Street Fighter V has the input buffer. It's very precise. So if you need to kill exactly 26 frames to land the perfect media attack, well, then you go to your frame data and you find the moves that add up to 26 frames exactly. And then you hit those buttons and then the media will be perfect in that situation. If you need 40 frames and you find two moves that add up exactly to 40 frames, if it happens to be crouch, medium, kick, stand, jab, and then it's a meaty. You know, stuff like that. That's what frame kills are about. You're just trying to find the frame kills in that situation. Uh, I had a whole uh, stream about Seth already, uh, Witch Dr. Bob, before. But, man, it's already 5.40 here. So uh, I've done this for a while now. Is there any other questions that anybody wants to ask uh, before I jump into the learn, well, the attempted learn to fight segment? <laughs> we'll see if it works or not. 
oh, you're enjoying reading the frame data sheets. That happens, Witch Dr. Bob, that happens. You will get to the point where once you start understanding it, it becomes a very fascinating thing to look at. And you're just like, mm, okay, I get this, I get this. Uh, still not for everyone, not everybody's gonna get to that point. But if you are the type of person that when you start looking at the frame dating, you're like, oh, that's interesting. That means this is punishable. This is my turn in here and da 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 da. And you understand that much, then Street Fighter V is the right game for you. <laughs> Would I add Baroque or Mega Crash? God, which one was Mega Crash? Baroque was the one that if you activated it, you got stronger. And the more red life you had, the stronger that you would get. Which one was Mega Crash? Mm. Yeah, you can absolutely find frame traps through the sheets. Absolutely. Was the burst for two meters spent. Oh, that's right. There was that option as well. That was the, that was the burst in TVC. That's right. Yeah, you actually just had to um, spend that to combo break them. Or was that an MVCI? Because MVCI, you can no MVCI was to call the other person. That's right. Yeah, so that was definitely a TV TVC thing. Uh, which would I? I probably wouldn't add a Baroque. <laughs> uh, a Mega Crash of sorts, maybe, <laughs> maybe, maybe. Um, in any case, if you guys don't have any more questions, I'm going to go ahead and jump to uh, me playing online and seeing if I can uh, do better and uh, actually play Lucia at a competent enough point that I can do a proper learn to fight uh, series. So I'm going to do that. Uh, and again, if you guys are watching here on Twitch, don't go anywhere. I'll run some ads and then come right back with that. If you guys are watching this on YouTube, if you see learn to fight show up on the YouTube channel, that means it was a successful enough of a session that I can actually do that. <laughs> if it doesn't show up on YouTube, that means the session didn't go very well. Uh, what are my qualifications for a session going well that I can talk through the whole entire thing? Like you'll see it on the beginner lobbies when I'm playing Loane and Grand Blue Fantasy Versus, when I'm playing uh, Ninasei and Uni Uniclair. I'm concentrating so hard because the games are just like, like, like I'm just trying to figure everything out. I'm concentrating so hard that I don't have the ability to properly assess my own gameplay while I'm playing. That's what I was able to do with Cami before. Uh, Lucia is a little more complicated and I don't know her instinctively enough so well so I'm a, I might not be able to do that as well so we'll see <laughs> we'll see what happens but if you do find it out there check out the learn to fight if you don't see it up there maybe hopefully next time but uh, thanks again for everybody who's been tuning in thank you for the subs I met my goal three months early basically the march april may june four months early and so now i have a new goal of 300 subs just to get to a new emote so i can start adding emotes to the to the to the chat just like the previous video if you have any ideas for any emotes that you think i could do you know people want some suck my nuts assholes uh, emotes or etc etc emotes you know um right i can add a right to some degree so We'll see, just let me know what you think would be a funny emote. Uh, another emote that people have suggested to me was uh, like a black cat butt and a white cat butt just for my cats whenever they jump on stream and they walk towards me because I, I end up flashing my stream a lot with cat butts and that's just how it works and so people can add to that in the chat. <laughs> oh yeah, so people want cat butts. Okay, we'll see what I can do. So. 
Uh, all right, thanks guys for tuning in. Uh, for those of you in Twitch, don't go anywhere. I'll be right back. <laughs> oh dear.